Ish. This podcast is about how everything we learned about money, we learned through hip hop. So let's get into it. Let's do it. Welcome back. So we back at this thing. How are you feeling, Cliss Bay? Man, what's up? What's up? Looking good, living better. Yeah, so let's get right into it. This yep. week, we're going to talk about fake love. Ooh. Fake love, fake. Not the, not love. the love being fake. Uh, it's fake. So my definition of fake love would be someone showing love for you based on either how you can help them or based on your affiliation with someone else that can help them. Mm. How would you define fake love? Fake love, any love that ain't real. Like, what we talking about? Like, but no, for real. Like a $3 bill. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, but no, for real. And I think I'm just going to piggyback off of what you said. It's just, you know, you know when something is genuine and when it's not. Sure. Like, I think I put on Facebook the other day, like, when you look into somebody's eyes, like, I can really tell if that person is genuine just mm-hmm. based off of their body language. Like, yeah, what, like, sometimes people can literally look cold and, like, mm-hmm. lifeless in their eyes or, like, you can just tell, like, their eyes. I always say, like, I get nervous around people who have shifty eyes. Like, you can't mm-hmm. focus in or you can't look somebody in their eyes. Mm-hmm. And so, to me... That that energy, um, I think I can classify as um, a fake or fake love, depending on what the situation is. So, yeah. I love that. I love that 100%. And, I mean, you see it so many times. You see it at work. You yeah. see it in friend groups. You know, at work is the worst. Because mm. let's be clear. No one at work is your friend. Like, we are here to do a job. We may have some things in common outside of work. But at the end of the day, when it's between you and them, they're going to choose right. them every single time. So it's if you true. go with the false notion of friend, you're going to be looking silly. You need yeah. to know because you got this performance review from a higher up, this is why this person wants to have lunch with you this time. You need to know these things or mm. else you're going to have this false invitation of, oh my gosh, this person really likes me. So you don't think that you can really create like true friendships on your workplace, like in your workplace? No, there's always an exception to every rule. I think certain workspaces allow for that to easily happen. Um, less competitive workspace, space like librarian or don't. Anyway, I was gonna say teaching, but like because I see, feel like I didn't want to go there because you always say I talk about teachers. You do, but it's okay. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I for real, the children are our future. I don't think that like I have formed like besties for the resties with my like teacher friends. Sure. But I can like truly say that I genuinely like some of my teacher friends and like we have hung out. Like I'll invite them to like my housewarming or you know, birthday or whatever. You know, so I think that like you said, in certain spaces you can it's easier to make friends when it's not as like competitive. Sure. When it's not so competitive or there's not a hard decision that has to be made. I see what you're saying. So even though I like the person, even though we're cool, yeah. it's just, you can't really trust it. Oh, it's like at work, I think you see fake love a lot. I think you see, hell, sometimes you may see it more in your friend group. Ooh, let's Pass talk collection. about that. Pass collection play. It baffles you know, me. Yeah. Why people that don't like you want to be around you? Why? Girl, I don't know. I feel like they want to suck your energy. She, she a leech. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like know. people, you know, they say, uh, keep your friends closer, enemies closer. I think mm-hmm. that people who 
um, are the fake love givers or, you know, the fakes in your circle. I think they try to um, pick up like whatever they can from you Mm -hmm. or, you know, keep you close to know your business. If especially if they're trying to like compete against you or be better than you, like they want to know what it is that you're doing so they can, yeah, like, right. Like, so they can like play on that. But that's mm-hmm. evil. That's that's evil. like a whole other level of evil. Because if I don't like you, if I feel like we don't connect, I don't want to be around you. I don't want to fake and be your friend. Like I don't care what that could benefit. Call me silly, call me stupid. But that's why I don't believe fully in the friend at work. Because my expectation of a friend is so high. I know that when it comes down to like whether or not someone's going to help me or not, mm-hmm. typically people don't want you to do better than them. Wow. So, it, it just goes full circle as to why work is a difficult place to make quote unquote friends because of the growth. Because they can really impact how you're growing, like how you yeah. move, how, your, your income maximum, like all these things. So mm-hmm. just be careful, Asha. I think mm-hmm. in hip hop, we've seen, you know, uh, that love hate type situation we talked about. Or, I mean, Tupac and Suge Knight was a perfect example. I don't think that Suge Knight loved Tupac. He just wanted the money and the clout and the affiliation of Tupac. Really? But what if he did care about him? I found it hard to believe someone of his stature to have feelings like that because, like, stature as in like his arguably. size or like his um, like not physical. Um, someone that <laughs> no, I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean like someone within his position of power where. I don't know if you saw the movie, but he was a bully and he never let people out contract. You typically have to die, i.e. once Death Tupac starts saying, oh, I'm going to go to the East Coast and make have my own label. Very like subsequently after that, he ends up dead. It's like no friends in the industry. Drake tried to sell us. Drake tried to sell us. I just God. think that like, it's just because it's a business. I mean, I think you can get caught up thinking, even when it comes to family members. I mean, how many family members have we seen broken up or had issues in hip hop? Or, I mean, if you think about it, Usher and his mom had the part ways. What? Who is Usher Mama? <laughs> how do you know? How do you know these people? She was his manager. Remember? Really? I don't was- remember that. He managed him all the way up to confessions, and then that's when he got married to Tamika, the makeup artist, who she didn't like. Tamika, the makeup artist. Oh yes. That girl, she looked like hella regular. Yeah. She, she was cute. She just was looked- this after Chili? Yeah, I don't know why he didn't marry Chili. I think Chili crazy, but that's we, we get off topic. Yeah, we are. I think Chili definitely has some problems too, but. Hell, don't we um okay. So my thing is there are certain celebrities that get certain passes when it comes to affiliation, that affiliation piece. I would argue Drake. Mm. Drake get a lot of passes to have a go. lot of songs where he go. talk on gangster and I'm on the fifth floor with the murderers and knife talk and all these okay, 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 okay. Songs, all okay. Criminal like songs. So and, but he won't He'll put somebody like Project Pat, 21 Savage, to get the clout. But arguably, 21 Savage from London. 
Listen, first of all, he was not raised in London. He was just born over there, okay? He's American. <laughs> and secondly, Drake is very comfortable in his cornball status. Like we okay. talked about. Why are you talking about knife talk? Okay, first of all, knife talk. Yes, 21 Savage had more graphic lyrics, but when you pull up Drake's lyrics, he's literally not talking about killing people. It's no. metaphor. You are making you're saying it's a metaphor. It is right now in courts, they are literally pulling up lyrics and not talking about some oh, well, he meant this. No. In conjunction with other damn evidence. In conjunction. Okay, yes, the lyrics, but Pooh Shiesty saying he killed a versus Drake saying I'm a grave digger. That those two things hold completely different weight because Pooh Shiesty from Memphis. Tennessee is a real murderer. Drake <laughs> is from Canada and was on Degrassi. So okay. my thing is, why do we give him a pass? His pass has to be based on his affiliation of Wayne and Birdman, who actually have it's had based, that type of lifestyle. It's based on the fact Young money. that nobody truly believes that Drake is a killer. Drake is not trying to portray himself as being this gangster. He's not. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, I feel like they're giving a pass because Pimp C questioned Young Jeezy with the 14-5 apiece lyric. He was trying to say, you ain't selling no dope for real. If I ever recall, I don't know if you guys watch BMF, but Jeezy supposedly is wrapped up in the uh, BMF clique uh, where they had this national ring of drugs and they were the two brothers, Flannery Jeezy. Young Jeezy was a part of the group where he hung out with them. So, you know, that's where he gets dope references and things from. Really? So my thing is, Pimp C seems like he came out against Jeezy once all the BNF brothers started getting locked up because he no <laughs> longer had that protection and that affiliation. The BMF brothers? <laughs> what? You said the BMF brothers? <laughs> Y'all should see Spunky, like, waving her hands like she's brandishing a gun. Like, bro. <laughs> You're not gangster, like chill. Right. Girl, just I did not do that. Just because you watch that's... BMF, do not mean you got street cred now. Like chill. So I think that's why Pimp C came at Jeezy because he don't look at had the affiliation because those guys are getting locked up. Look at what you're saying. Again. You are talking about people who their whole perception is gangster, like. Thug okay. motivation, Jeezy the snowman, references to drugs. Like he has built his whole brand off okay. of drugs in the hood. Drake has not built his brand on that. Like he's a backpack rapper. Like, and he talks about this. He openly makes fun of himself in videos, like the Too Sexy video. Like he's, you know, being super corny, like on the cob for life. And he right. is okay with that. I still feel like we give him a pass. But we can agree and disagree. I, I can respect your perspective as well, too, where you're saying he's not selling the, the dark side of hip-hop, the drugs, yeah. or all that thing. So that's why people don't challenge him on it. But I still feel like there is there was no pressure for him to back up what he was saying versus other rappers have to hold their feet to the fire and stand true to what they're saying. But I feel what you're saying as well, where his music isn't rooted in that. Right. Where, you know, Two Chains got a song called uh I, I told my daughter asked me what a drug dealer was. I said me. You know, so <laughs> <laughs> 
Drake don't have really songs like that. So I feel it. I feel it. What about the affiliation? Like, I always think back to the elevator fight with Beyonce and Jay-Z and Solange. So don't get me wrong. They had their moment in the sun. People was talking about them. But there were no repercussions. Like, and I'll give you the very opposite catalyst would be Ray Rice and his situation with his wife in the elevator. Mm. He lost everything. Like, okay. overnight. Yeah. There was no him and Holland. There was an instant <clears throat> suspension. Like, they instantly booted him up out there. Right. When it came to Jay-Z, Beyonce, and Solange. First of all, Beyonce turned into an album. Where yes, HBO picked up her live videos uh, to the songs that she yep. made for the album based on that elevator incident. We definitely monetized it. A lot of Why shit go there? down when it's a billion dollars on the elevator. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. the affiliation, the, the name of the Carter at that time had reached an elevation level to where nobody's really gonna touch it. Like nobody's really gonna question it. Did you see what you did there? The elevation of it. You missed it, but you said it. You elevation. said elevation, and we were talking about elevators. And you said elevation. <laughs> hey, that's why I pay you the big bucks. That's why. Effortless. Like, so it's but like, you know what? And this might be a reach, but I think that the biggest difference here, you know, what you're speaking of is how black men are perceived in America and have historically been perceived as you know, dangerous or aggressive. So mm-hmm. in the event of Ray Rice, he was the primary aggressor on the elevator, right? Mm-hmm. When you think about um, Michael Vick, how he was, you know, just shunned from mm-hmm. society and exiled mm-hmm. and all that kind of right. stuff. Like we, we vilified him, but we have vilified black men in this country for years and years now. Um, and so when it came to Solange and Jay-Z on the elevator, Jay-Z was the victim. He was the perceived victim. Um, And it was more so of, ooh, like, what did Jay-Z do? Mm -hmm. Versus, ooh, Solange beat his ass on the elevator. And so I feel like it didn't have as much weight because um, the black man was the aggressor. Now, if I mean, was the... um, Victim. Well, thank you, was the victim. And so if the shoe were on the other foot and it was Jay-Z putting his hands on Solange, oh like, you would have ruined him. Yeah, you're right. Like, we would have ruined facts. him. Yeah, That's straight facts. So I feel like maybe it's the dynamic of the female versus the man and then man versus female on other instances. And so that really just catapulted him into, you got to get out of here as far as right. race. And it also was the middle of the Me Too movement. And so- Oh, yeah. yeah. I definitely agree with all those assertions. So, you know, before we get into you got McDonald's money, let's talk about a little bit. How does that fake love impact your performance and goals? Because sometimes a person like Drake got in Mm -hmm. with a young money that allowed him to, I think, it's propelled him to where he is today. Is that that fair? Without the backing. I mean, this is like, you know, and in marketing, when you're like, you know, trying to like push a product or, you know, sell a brand, they call mm-hmm. it transference. And so mm-hmm. if you place or two things are like side by side, you mm-hmm. know, like, for example, Drake with Young Money, mm-hmm. their fame, their notoriety, their perceived like coolness was right. transferred over to Drake. So that's literally a thing like in marketing and trying to, um, you know, garner um, support or fans or whatever, customers. I mean, it's a real thing. So I think you're right. 
that his mm-hmm. affiliation definitely helped him. But like I said, I don't think that he really is trying to portray a bad boy image. I got you. No, I feel it. And I agree with that too, where he's not coming out like, you know, Jada Kiss. Like he's not yeah. talking about how all, all of his uh, incidents and things of that nature. I think that one uh, affiliation or, you know, I think J. Cole being affiliated with Jay-Z when he came out propelled him to where he is today. You know, mm-hmm. he, he, him signing with The Rock gave him instant credibility that gave him the play for the platform. Mm-hmm. So I think we instantly gave him love, even though we didn't really know him off the street right. of Jay-Z. And he talks about that in some of the songs where, you know, um, I came up from a D-list celebrity, you know, all that stuff. Right, so he, he does. Running, it was fake love. He has that. Mm. Oh, but I mean, he killed it. But now. I think everybody kind of has to have a foot in the door. Like you have to have some type of credibility. Like mm-hmm. especially when you're trying to come to those spaces as a new artist. Right. Um, Somebody got like tap them. Yeah, like and even if we're going back to sororities, like if you're trying to like pledge a. Um, in grad chapter for a sorority, somebody has to like sponsor you or vouch mm-hmm. for you. Like you can't just like put an application in. Exactly. No, like somebody in that organization it's in true. that chapter has to vouch for you for I you to get comparison. in. And so, and depending yeah. on their reputation, yes, depends on how other people are going to be. Like their reputation, their involvement in the sorority, because like, you know, you got to make sure you attend all the meetings. You got to make sure that you have certain service hours, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, the requirements are to even sponsor somebody. So I I didn't even know that about the grant process that you have to sponsor someone. How do you know that? You you didn't play a grant. I know, but I'm in graduate chapter now. Oh, okay. Look, I get acting. Um, so yeah, <laughs> Oops, expose myself. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, well, we're gonna wrap it up with that notion and go into you can make almost money. Stay tuned. Let's do it. We'll be right back after our you got McDonald's money segment, which is an ode to parents everywhere who try to teach us fiscal responsibility. Stay tuned. On today's you got McDonald's money. With it being Roll Tide special, (laughs) the sorority that just recently uh, aired the documentary. And so it led us to this question, do you think the money for pledging a sorority or fraternity, is it worth it? Okay, so in my personal opinion, I think that the money is worth it. Um, Networking purposes, things like that. Um, I think it's always good to put yourself in spaces where you can meet women who are like-minded, who can, um, you know, teach you things, especially older people. And so, and then I'm an only child too. So anytime that I get a chance to be around people and, you know, feel like I have sisters who I can depend on, I I thrive in those spaces because, you know, I'm an only child and I, and I like to have nice friends and people around me. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah. I, I would totally, I'm going to just go really back and say, <laughs> Based on how the sororities on the campus that mm-hmm. were a part of there, because it's the Vimnon and then it's Panhellenic. Mm-hmm. So they're, I guess, side of the table. 
they literally are putting this money up, which is, I think they said it was $10,000 or something, or plus, $10,000 mm-hmm. plus to do this in one semester. They are putting this money up to propel them to their lifestyle. They literally okay. said that this certain sororities grant you access to certain guys who are looking for girls that are part of the sororities, that are part of very powerful families. They are only dating within this organization. So if I get in here, Increases my chance of meeting this guy, and and that is literally my well being for life. Kind of sets their whole life up. It sets your whole life up. It wow. literally you're talking about like predominantly white sororities, or yeah, it's not like that for us because if you think about it, everything you said about your sorority was about networking, was about meeting people for your success. The reason why they joined certain sororities is about livelihood and who they're gonna marry. So which one is more, I guess, of I a benefit? A I can't make a decision for you. It depends on what you value the most. And they used to say like a lot of the white girls went to school to get their MRS degree. They're missing. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's the most time we're going to be around people our age for the rest of our lives. Dang. We're never going to be around that many people our age ever again. Do you think that when it comes down to money and whether or not it's worth it, it depends on what you're seeking and what you're trying to get out of it. I tried to find sisterhood. I found that in a few, but not in many. And so therefore, I don't feel like my investment was worth my return because I went in knowing and having friends. So I didn't join for that. I didn't join for the clout purpose because I feel like you gain more for choosing me than I did for choosing you. So I didn't gain it for that. So I, I really went in for the sister because I don't have, I have brothers and that didn't happen but for, with the select few. And so I don't feel like my return was worth my investment. Dang. And you know, I always told you I hated that for you because I feel like I had the exact opposite experience. I love that and that's for why you. I want you to like, you know, do grad chapter. Yeah. And I will. And I'm still looking into it because the city I'm in now is the largest grad chapter in the entire yeah. country. So I'm about to meet somebody that connect with it. So. Okay. Little flex. Yes. Is that- <laughs> well, you need to join them. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. And I always know that the few don't represent the many. So no. my experience, that's why I always say my experience with my chapter at my time. So not yeah. a reflection on the, the overall uh, organization at all, just right. my limited experience. Moving to the keeping it funky with Spunky and at the end of the day with Cliss Bay. And my keeping it funky with Spunky moment, you will never be enough in spaces where your value is not appreciated. Wow. And that's such a good point to like bring out because sometimes we might try to adjust and it's not even you, like you don't even fit in that space. So go elsewhere where there Mm -hmm. is, you know, real love, real opportunity. I like that. My, at the end of the day with Clint Bay, um, is follow your first gut instinct about people. When people show you who they are, like believe them for real, for real, the first time. And so that reminded me of this movie. And I'm gonna try to keep it short, but it was this movie on Netflix called Good on Paper. And it was about um, this girl, she met a guy, he pretended to be something that he was not. And in the beginning, she felt something was like really, really off about him. But um, she ignored all the red flags. Like most of us, like we, you know, we love six flags. Trust your gut, your gut instinct about folks, like for real. Especially if you're an intuitive person. Like listen yeah. to the ancestors. They don't be lying. They talk. Yeah, they talk, they talk. to you. <laughs> all righty. Well, we'll catch up with you guys next time. Take care. Oh, you ready to go? Right? <laughs>
about today's episode, remember, investment before dividend always. Keep doing right by others. Your reward is coming soon. Peace and love. love. Subscribe and tune in on all major platforms, iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. New episodes will be available every other Tuesday. In the meantime, stay connected with us by following us on Instagram at underscore AMB underscore ISH. Please follow the link on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube page about my business ish.